you know what? I can just see a picture of the three I'm of them. I'm too old to be thinking about stuff like this. <laughs> you kidding me? How you doing, everyone? Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hopefully everybody's okay. We're coming to you a little later this week as we had some issues with our original recording, which we'll get onto in a minute. So today uh, we're going to talk about Champions League, RB Leipzig, Liverpool, Barcelona, PSG, obviously, Kylian Mbappe. And then we're going to give some flowers to Bukayo Saka because he should have flowers. And we're going to have a quick look ahead to Arsenal versus Manchester City. And my guest is Mr... Ryan Hunt. This episode is brought to you by the Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-In Hybrid is designed for the ultimate safety test, climate change. Because when driving in pure mode, you're driving electric. For everyone's safety. Visit volvocars.com slash US. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Everything dogs do, they give their 100%. Feed them food to help them keep giving it their all with Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Nutro, feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Made with non-GMO ingredients, trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. Hey, Ilrai Hundawan, because now Gundawan's doing so well. <laughs> He's got injured though. He got injured, unfortunately. He's growing, isn't it? But like, um, yes, Ilrai, we're, we're here late. We're back but, again. Emergency. We're here. Yeah, emergency. Emergency pod. Mm. We had some problems with the world of sorting this out. Yeah. So long story short, you, Jeanette and Musa recorded a podcast on Tuesday like we normally do. And there were some major problems with the audio we found out afterwards. Mm. So I spent the day trying to see if it existed somewhere in the in, east. it's gone bro i think yeah i think one of, my, the, one of one of the channels was gone so it's one of my best that's one of my i gave stuff ladies and gents i i went deep i gave deep stuff do you know what i think it might be the best podcast ever recorded <laughs> ever recorded <laughs> honestly and it's gone forever so like yeah. the best some of the best art it'll never be heard so we were talking late on Tuesday and we were thinking, okay, I was still waiting to hear back from whether they could locate this somewhere on a server. Mm. And um, we said, if not, let's do the Champions League because we usually record Writer's House on a Tuesday morning. Mm. So this is actually a bit of a weird Writer's House because we don't normally do a Champions League reaction. So it's kind of cool. What's cool about this, Rai, is because I will admit, I don't get to watch enough German football. It's really quite a selfish thing because... I, have, I don't do anything on television or anywhere where I'm actually talking about German football. So anytime I watch anything to do with it, it's just just, just watching it. Mm. Because there's so much football to consume at the moment, yeah. especially in the Premier League. It's very difficult to then say, oh, let me watch a load of um, German games now. Let me watch some, some Italian games. Let me watch some Spanish games. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to watch. Because now I've watched RB Leipzig and Nagelsmann, a manager and a team that I'm very interested in. Because I know that at some stage, Nagelsmann will grace the Premier League. Mm. And so 
I watched the game against like Liverpool and I've got to say, um, <laughs> it was so interesting to watch. And, and Leipzig, like you, you, so you told me, do have the best defensive record. Now, I'm not, I'm not having a go at anything to do with their defence, this and that, but they were very poor last night simply because of the way they set up right. And he started strikerless, right? Mm. And he kind of pushed these midfielders in front of the midfield and just in, no, in, behind the midfield and in front of the defence to try and pull Anderson and, and Quebec out and then give space to... To the, to the wing backs, which then kind of, it all kind of backfired because then he put three up against Mane, Firmino and, and Salah. And then you had Firmino bringing Upa Meccano up. So the space that was left behind, <laughs> behind the, the, them two. So it's literally two on two. We saw with the goals, but what I, what I couldn't believe was the press was brilliant. It was fine. They tried to put pressure on um, Trent Alexander, but like he, had a fantastic game, but they were so narrow at the back and so vulnerable. Generous. <laughs> and generous that I thought to myself, Nagelsmann, he kind of got that wrong against them. But then I thought to myself, the way Liverpool started and they hit the post could have been different in respects of mm. Liverpool's, the way they prepared for the game and their confidence. But once that didn't happen, and then, you know, the way Liverpool closed them down, won the ball back and, you know, Curtis Jones, you know, it was, it, it, honestly... I think he's going too under the radar. They gave the man of the match to Quebec, Aussie Quebec, but who played well? And you're going to get that because he's he's 20 and he's coming in at a, a position for Liverpool, right, where they do need somebody to come in and stand stand tall. And I thought he did last night, but they were strikerless. But mm. Curtis Jones, the way he continuously just closed down Campbell and just closed everything down, good passes and stuff like that. Watching Liverpool just grow into that game. And like Klopp said, it was a game that they needed. The way they set up against Liverpool, right? They needed that. And you just saw Liverpool like this viper in the corner, strike out. And just like, bam, sorry, Nagelsmann, you got this one wrong, bro. So Leipzig are a curious side in terms of, they can have quite a high turnover in terms of lineup. And Mm. Nagelsmann will still kind of get them purring. Yeah. I mean, they had no Emil Forsberg. Paulson was on the bench. Those two have been a pretty good tandem when they have played this season. I know Paulson has been in and out of the side, so mm-hmm. has Forsberg, but they were quite weird at the back, I thought. Very actually. weird, I thought, right. I've not seen a team so vulnerable and so blatantly, dis- blatant disregard for the calibre of player they're coming up against. Yeah, and I think that this is maybe like a thing in terms of, like with Dio Upamecano, for example, a lot mm. of people would have been watching the Champions League yeah. and maybe not seen a huge amount of him at RB Leipzig mm-hmm. and heard that he's gone to Bayern Munich and just been like, what is all the fuss about? Yeah. But this guy was, he was the best defender in the Bundesliga last season. Definitely yeah. the best centre-back. I am still unsure whether yeah. he's the better of the two f- between him and Ibrahima Konate. Yeah. Because Ibrahima Konate was kind of the first one of the pair that, that kind of came on the scene. Mm-hmm. And he was actually linked with Arsenal a couple of years ago, just after the World Cup. Yep. Yep. I heard that. And I was very into that signing because he is an absolute baller. Can I say with him though, with Upamecano, and the thing is, right, is that you know that, you could see that, yes, you know, he's he's, he's a good defender, very quick, got all all the attributes. You're thinking, yeah, okay, let me see what happens because, yes, he's got to deal with Firmino. Firmino just took him into places where Mm. he just got, he just got absolutely cancelled. But, I thought his distribution and everything like that was pretty poor. He looked really nervy, I thought. Very nervy. Yeah. The takeaway I got from, the get, from watching him was 
that this kind of struck me a little bit like still a very young guy mm-hmm. who has had a high profile move announced immediately followed up by a big game mm-hmm. and it looked a little bit like he was trying to do a little bit too much and therefore got pulled yeah. in positions that he didn't need to go and this yeah. is the only problem sometimes where you know because most teams in the Bundesliga will play with a nine yeah. and therefore the amount of times that he will get dragged out of position or the potential to be dragged out of position like Firmino did with mm. him on Tuesday isn't as frequent. This is maybe the only positional thing that I think Nagelsmann got slightly wrong in terms of in terms of actually being like a bit of a defensive shield in front of the backboard. They have Sabitzer and Campbell mm-hmm. who aren't necessarily known for being, they're, they're pretty feisty, but they're mm-hmm. not necessarily like a you know, even like Granit Xhaka at Gladbach, for example, yeah. was a very, very, very good at sweeping across the, in front of the back four. Yes. But I thought Sabitzer actually was quite poor for his standards. Yes, he did. He gave, well. he gave, the, he gave the, the, the ball away for the first goal. But I'm thinking though, right, because like when I watched the game and sometimes you just, I just really got into watching it and watching his move. Mm. I'm thinking to myself with Nagelsmann, why not just then, if, it just seemed obvious that if Firmino goes, Pass him on. Mm. If he's going into those, then Campbell, Sabitz, wherever he goes, you know what I mean? Hydera, pass him on to him. So as then you're not, you're kind of spare up there. So as if they do do something where they give the ball away like they did, it's not blatantly open, like a sea of space for Salah and Mane to run into for the two goals that they scored. Mm. You know, it just didn't make sense that he said, you don't, once Firmino goes, let them know he's coming, they pass him on. It just didn't make no sense to me. But then Liverpool, Liverpool's closing down and the, the, growing the confidence in the game. I just love, I just love watching the way you can see Liverpool just powering up again. You know, like mm. they, were, they, were, they, were, they were plugged back in to charge. They were charging up because once they missed that chance and you started to see players say, right, here we go. We're closing down. We're doing really well. Because from a, 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 an offensive and closing down, the way the game started, it was just like, in 20, it was like, wham, 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 wham. Yeah, and- I think I, I, th- I wonder whether that maybe came in Nagelsmann's thinking, though, where it was just like, neither of us are maybe that strong defensively, actually, yeah. at the moment, so let's just go for it. There's going to be space behind it like that. It was so good to watch for a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think it was actually interesting that Kabak had, like, such a strong game so soon. And I just wonder whether there was just an air of familiarity after playing, because he's played Leipzig. Of course, yeah, yeah. Loads of times, so. He felt very, it must have felt very comfortable. And whereas you got Upamakano, who... Like you said, all those things, right? People have to realize you have to take those things into consideration that he's just got a massive move. And what's going to happen is that off of the back of his performance yesterday, it, it doesn't make any difference what he's done before mm. and up to this point, although he's meant to be highly rated. He will be, for me, now I'll watch him and judge him on the performance I saw yesterday because that's the most I've seen of him. Mm. Um, and, and tactically, Liverpool dragged him all over the place. But at the same time, it will be something that when he goes to Bayern Munich, people will be looking at him playing with better players. Because like we'd speak about him playing with better players and you hope that he can kick to another level. But this is why you mentioned someone like Curtis Jones. And I mentioned that um, Kabat got the man of the match, played well, you know, going back to familiar grounds. But the way Curtis Jones has slipped into that Liverpool side, all conquering Liverpool side, okay, haven't gone through a spell at the moment because City are just amazing. So seamlessly, it's frightening how well he's slipped in there playing Champions League football 
as if he's been playing it for like the last 10 years. Got a touch of the baby Yodas about him. Baby Jones. Yoda, man. Who's this young gun coming in? I mean, I know he's a lot taller than baby Yoda, but he's I like, know, he's who's, one, who's this? He? Oh, look at, look at Curtis. I know. Oh, I know. So, look at his so wholesome, homegrown lad. He's so young. He's coming in. He's barely, you know, he's still in his teens. And then all of a sudden he's like eating the eggs or like Honestly. pulling yeah. the force. And he's then good, all yeah. of a sudden everyone's just like, what the hell? Like, how old is this kid? Exactly. So basically Liverpool, 2-0 up because mm-hmm. that was technically their away leg I mean this is yeah. weird it kind of feels like we can't talk about the Champions League at the moment or RB Leipzig actually mm-hmm. without having to put the caveat in that you know this is a football club owned by a soft drink yeah, company yeah. and yeah. Yeah. very very unpopular in Germany yeah. from non-RB Leipzig fans we know it was, it was played in the Pushkas Arena mm-hmm. which is neither of their homes right Musa and I will probably talk a little bit more about this on Stadio on mm-hmm. Thursday but I kind of assume that people who listen to us probably know that we feel deeply uneasy about the knockout stages of the European competitions taking place at all at the moment yeah, with what's yeah, going on. Absolutely, yeah. Especially in uncontrolled environments. Yes, yes. Whether, let alone moving home legs to neutral venues and stuff like that and then still playing two legs. To be honest, if you're going to move to a neutral venue, you might as well just do it one leg. Well, do it one leg, man. Finish, yeah. bam. So you don't need to go... So they don't need to come over. You don't need, just bam. Or they don't need to go to another place. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table. Getting a whiff of a new friend's behind. Chasing squirrels, even in their sleep. Everything dogs do, they do with everything they have. Nutro Clean Recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all. Made with non-GMO ingredients, except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing, Nutro Natural Choice makes it easy to feed your dog well. With no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Nutro. Feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. You know something? I wasn't jealous of the fact that you were doing the PSG um, Barcelona game, well, the Barcelona PSG game. But as I kept hearing the score, (laughs) and then, you know, just kept seeing Mbappe just popping up. You know, you get that kind of jealous game envy. But I put in the group that message of just, it was just anger towards people. And the memes coming on about Messi because Mbappe is doing what he's doing and it's Mbappe's time, you know, and it just, you just feel like, I, I mentioned something about Mbappe's come, his baptism, he's ready to go. But the negativity towards Messi, it tires me out that somebody as amazing as Messi, you know, people can just flippantly write about him as if he's done nothing because somebody else has arrived on the scene. I'm glad I didn't watch it in the end. And I'm tired of seeing that negativity. I know, I'm sorry to bring it to the righty's house, but you know something, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad that somebody like Mbappe would look at Messi, probably staring at him on the pitch, just mm-hmm. doing his stuff because his time has come and people have to be nasty to Messi. It just makes me sad. I, th- I remember Musa telling a story. I can't remember who it, who it actually was. It might have been, even been Messi, actually, when they met Ronaldo, the phenomenon. Mm. And they were all just in awe. Mm. players respect other players a hell of a lot more than fans respect players. To oh, without a doubt. 
Absolutely. And the last thing that would have been going through Kylian Mbappe's mind after the game at the New Camp would have been, I've just owned Messi. Yeah. You know, because... He probably, all he wants is his shirt, probably. Yeah. So the game itself, I mean, I actually thought Barcelona did all right until PSG equalised. They mm. weren't, they weren't completely dominating, but the, it was a good game. <clears throat> and Barca actually could have had a second, I think it was a second before PSG equalised, or if not, it would have been two, um, to take the lead for 2-1. Pedri, man. I tweeted mm. about Pedri. Right. So I knew I liked Pedri, right? Mm. Musa and I wax lyrical quite a lot about him on, on Stadio. But I found myself in this game developing an instant deep dislike of anyone who found him. <laughs> I was just like, and I realized- I like that with Saka. Yeah, like that yeah. With well, Saka. I am as well. I've realized that I've just like, you leave my little brother alone. You and feel like that. You know, yeah, totally. And because it's really funny because a lot of these dudes who are around, like Mbappe, for example, is around the same age as my little brother. Right. I got a little brother and a sister and they're kind of at the age of these players breaking through and I'm just like, you, you leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Like the angry, angry woman in the cat meme. You yeah. leave him alone. And there, was a, there were a couple. I, I think it was the first one was Kazawa and I was just like, I'm going to, I'll tell you Wait. what, I'm going <laughs> to. It was really strange because Pedri didn't really have the best open in 10 minutes or so. And then he kind of created something for, for Griezmann. But he's a player who, I know it was, this was Mbappe's night and I don't think Pedri had the best game, but there were a couple of moments in this game that I thought he was so good. Like for example, he gave the ball away in the middle of midfield, about halfway line. And he was the guy who ended up tracking back to clear the ball away. I think it was from Mbappe, actually, right. in the first half. But obviously, Mbappe's hat-trick mm. and the internet just exploded. A, a, lot of, a lot of the vibe around this game was like, this was Mbappe's like fourth game for PSG. Mm. He's, he's won a World Cup. Yeah. Like you know three mean. years ago. And he's won, what, four league titles? He's been to the Champions League final. We knew he was there. We've known how lo- how good he is. He's on the cover of FIFA. You know, he's here. He's not even that. He's coming. He's here. This is it. This isn't the future. This is the present. It's the present now, and he is it. Messi doesn't have to be the past for Mbappe to be the present. No. They could both be the present. They can. They can yes, they're just at very yeah. different stages of the career. But the thing is, it's like there's this real like own culture going on, and it happens a lot in the Champions League. I think because you do get the the kind of Stan culture ramped up for Champions right. League. Right. You've got the Ronaldo stands, you've got the Messi stands. Mm-hmm. You've got the Aaron Ramsey stands. <laughs> and I think sometimes that just means that like, it just takes away from the actual enjoyment of the football. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, Ray, when you mentioned Mbappe, he has won the World, the World Cup three years ago. Right? Yeah. He's, he's scored in it every... And Carl, Carl Anker does a piece um, for The Athletic about the generational talent. You, you, ha- you have to read it. It's fantastic. Um, and when you think of Mbappe, he actually, he arrived winning the World Cup. We're not talking about playing in it and he's got a World Cup medal, but playing in it, scoring. And that's how he came to it. He came mm-hmm. already with a World Cup winner's medal to, to, to us at what, what was he, 18, 19? Mm-hmm. You have to say now he's, he's, he's got so much credit because Winning the World Cup is something that I still dream about. If I came back in, if I could come back, it's the thing that when I've done everything I've done in my career, whatever, you, you go to the World Cup and you win the World Cup and it ends, win the World Cup, thank you very much. He started only since Pele as a teen scored in a World Cup final. But like um, 
what, what I'm saying is, is that he started at that point. So yeah. everything else from now is, is bliss. It's just all bliss. It's all just like whatever it can be. It can be whatever. He's, he's already done it. It's done. I can't think of the words to actually describe how good he is. Yeah. Especially on his third goal. So the third goal, his hat trick where he kind of opens his body, the ball comes across and he bends it with his right foot into the far corner. Yeah. Loads of people, as happens quite a lot with Mbappe, pulled the Thierry comparison. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, he's got a very different skill set to Thierry at that age. I think. Remember, at that, at that age, Thierry didn't even see himself as a goal scorer. No. When Arsene Wenger t- told him, I'm, I'm going to change you, I'm going to move you to the centre, Thierry said to him, but I don't score goals. Mm. You know, obviously once he started scoring goals, he, he, with his ability and his natural talent, he made it look very easy once he started to get into the flow of it. But like Mbappe's been doing that since I've seen him. Yeah, I think he's really underrated for his playmaking as well, Mbappe. He can mm. score goals, he can make goals. He's just, he's got, he's, everything's put, he's got the physique. Yeah. The, 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 the football, the football IQ, everything, what he's got, he's got, he's literally got every, he has got everything. Yeah, he's, I think the thing that I find really, I want to say scary about him is that you never really see him rattled. No. And as a young player with a Matt, well, who has essentially got a target on them because that's just what happens when young players come through. He saw it with Cristiano Ronaldo. He saw it with Messi. The amount of shit that they take from from opposition players. You never really see Mbappe rattled. Yes, a good point. And maybe maybe that's because Neymar takes a lot of the heat when he's there. No, but he still gets gets a little bit of stuff. I mean, you saw Gerard Piquet, bless him, back in after three months out and the last Mm, thing he wanted to do was be chasing Mbappe. He's now been memed for generations. You know what was, you you see that about the meme. I love that. I heard on the stadio, you lot talking about Davison Sanchez. Mm. And it was a fantastic point you lot made about defenders. And Moose was saying about defenders who like Maserano, they don't care what the meme's going to be. They are, that's Martin Keown. That's Tony Adams. You could get those memes. You could get the memes like that. Like people want to laugh at people all the time. and, and. want to feel like people are being humiliated, but they are doing what they do and they're trying to defend. People have got to understand that forwards in every situation have got, defenders have to counter-attack what the forward's going to do. He's got the the first move on you. Mm -hmm. He's got the first move on you. This is why you've got Davidson Sanchez backtracking and all he's trying to do is second guess because Gundogan's in total control. Once he's tracking, he's backing off. So he's got to say, right, What's he going to do? This is what he's saying in his mind. And this is why the, the, the more you're bearing down on the goal, the more intense it gets for him to be desperate in his lunge or his tackle. Yeah. You know, you could go back in, in time to defenders way back. You could, you could get a meme of Maldini, Carnivaro, Baresi. Bobby Moore. You could get Bobby Moore. You could go back and get that meme because those people are defending and trying to second guess what you're going to do. So in the end, Gundogan, what he does is, is magnificent. But people laughing, because, saying that he's face planted and he's this and that. Again, it just makes me feel like, oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, action always beats reaction, right? It's just yes. fact. So, and also it's like, I actually, I think I said this on Stadio. I'd be like, if someone was talking to me about it after the game, I'd be like, you try marking him. Like, if I was Jarrod Piquet, yeah. I'd just be like, and I actually think some, Jarrod Piquet, he's, he's usually quite good in interviews, Jarrod Piquet. Mm. He's very open, very chatty. And it wouldn't surprise me if he came out and if someone mentioned him, he'd just be like, 
Yeah, so you know, what? what? How old is your PK? 34, 33? Yeah. He'd be like, 33 what, years old. You try and What do you expect? Him. Exactly. And the thing is, is that what I love about it is what you guys said. I just own that. Own that. Yeah. Because people are going to be people. But for me, you know what I mean? I, if I done that skill on him, it's not something like I say, oh, <laughs> people constantly send me a bit of skill what I done on Clive Wilson against Tottenham for the third goal. The corner. Yeah, right down in the corner. It was one of those situations where I'm just trying to keep the ball. But then all of a sudden, when you're moving it, I could just see him. He's just getting a little bit too far forward. So I went to like I was going to play it down there, put my leg over it and went the other way. And he, he kind of crawled a couple of steps. It makes me uncomfortable every time I see it, simply because I know Clive really well. Yeah. All I'm doing is trying to, trying to keep the ball. And all he's doing is trying to get the ball so as he can get it back up the other end. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you guys were talking about it, I was thinking to myself, I've never, ever, like, been happy about, oh, you've nutmegged him and you've nutmegged it, stuff like that. I can watch them now when you watch someone like Street Panda doing their stuff because it's mm. magnificent what they do. But on the pitch, I never, ever took joy in humiliating people. Yeah, because you're trying to get from A to B. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I personally don't like, for example, and this is something that aids my preference for Messi as opposed to Ronaldo, if you're going to have mm-hmm. this argument. Mm-hmm. Messi's a minimalist. He doesn't do anything that he doesn't need to do in order to get the job done. And I think that's yeah. the thing about Mbappe, which I really love, is that he is a, he's a minimalist. He just does what needs to be done to get it done. Yeah, he's like, in, out, get the mm. money, no one gets hurt. Yeah, see you later. The thing that is so wild about him is the coolness that he has had from such an early age, despite, yeah. Yeah. especially moving back to Paris with his background, with yeah. him being like a you know, a real kind of like hero yeah. for a huge amount of people in France, especially during the time that we're going in as well and the time that France has been in over the last four or five yeah. years. This young man is bearing a hell of a lot of responsibility and so far has just delivered. It's been faultless, isn't he? Yeah. I don't think we saw a star being born against Barcelona. The star was born ages ago yeah. and I just yeah. think that this is just another step in his journey. Just another, it's, yeah. A coronation. Is it a coronation? No, no, it's not yet. Because I still, th- I don't think even he would think it's a coronation. Personally. Even though he's won the World Cup already. Yeah. And he's contributed to that. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that if you were going to ask him at the moment who the best player in the world is. He wouldn't say, he wouldn't say He me. wouldn't say him, no. Mbappe at the moment is kind of like the band you know who are going to be huge. Mm. Like, and they're going to be the biggest band in the world, but there's still another band around who are kind of still doing yeah, doing some great stuff. The big, Stones, the big, man. The, yeah. And like, the Stones, bro. It feels like Mbappe is now constantly, he's like on his second stadium tour. But he has sold it out, though. He sold it's, it out. He sold it out sold last out. time as well. He doesn't need to be the best in the world yet. Whether he is or whether he's not, it doesn't matter, really, I don't mm. think. I just, I just love his, his attitude towards the old thing, right? Because, you know, like I say, we're talking about having the ultimate medal mm. um, at the age of 19. But, he's still putting up numbers that are just through the, through the roof. Yeah, there's no complacency with him, I don't No, know. there's no complacency when you've got the Holy Grail already. You've already mm. got them. You've, um, you've been to the mountaintop. And I love that kind of attitude. And I think that he's somebody that a lot of players who are good players, could be great players, should be looking at. Yeah, they should be looking at how he is manoeuvring this world of football that he's in this goldfish bowl where, like you mentioned, he's not falling, he's not diving all around the place. 
He's not trying to humiliate um, defenders. He's just doing it, you mm. know. And it's I think that he's a credit to he's a credit to himself. He's a credit to his family. He's a credit to football. The way he is carrying himself at the moment, absolute credit to football. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I just want to shout out Carl Anker. He wrote a really funny tweet. I thought. What did he say? Uh, he said Everton promised Moise Keane's mum that they would look after the boy wonder. Yeah. And then they sent him to Paris so he can dunk on Barcelona in the Champions League like well, some <laughs> mysterious ways. Actually, I wanted to shout out Moise Kane quickly because yes. he's, he scored another goal against Barca and he's been really good this season when he's played. And I think that you know, fit is such an underrated thing in football. It's something we mm. talk about a lot because of the NBA yeah. and fit is like a massive thing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm. Something that we don't, I don't think we, as a culture, we give as much time to mm-hmm. in football. We kind of assume that good players will be able to slot in anywhere. I think Moise Kane's fit at PSG is fun, man. It's really you know, fun. And when those guys fun. and when those guys vibe. Yeah, but the thing is, right, again, you're right about the fit because you see, I've seen some stuff of him going to the Everton training grounds, stuff picking and like him like he's got he's got something about him, you know. He's a good boy. Trying to do the, he's trying to do the like the scouse hat fun. All right, lad. Yeah. All right, lad. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can see that he's somebody that has got that energy. Mm. So can you imagine, because when I said he's going to PSG, because I've seen him in, on so many different occasions playing for Everton and you're thinking, there's something, you can see something. It just doesn't seem like, it's, it's, it's not here. I can't see it. Mm. He's, got, he's got the strength, he's got the pace, he's got good movement. We've seen that he's got good finishing, he can finish. When he's going to PSG, I was saying, wow. You know, but I've seen Tuba, like, it was really weird because you see Tuba Moten going to PSG yeah. thinking, what, what, what's going on? And popped when up he with was, some really important goals, Tuba Important goals. Yeah, yeah. So people see stuff and then, so, They've seen that. And then Moise Keane's gone to PSG and he's walked into a dressing room. He's probably wearing some real, every single, every single bit of drip you can find. And that, that works in that dressing room. They mm. probably open arms him. You know mm. what I mean? And he's gone in there and you do not play to the levels he's playing if you are not comfortable. You can't do it because even if the players like embrace you and you're not comfortable with your surround where you live and that and you're playing you're still not comfortable, but he looks comfortable. Yeah. And I'm so happy for him. Yeah, me too, man. He's gone through a lot of shit when he got there. Remember, he took a lot of shit from Juventus to he Everton. He got massively racially abused for it. Absolutely. As a, like an 18, 19 year old. You know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? What, what was the name of the um, centre half for Juve at the time? I can't remember. Oh, Benucci. Benucci. Because mm. I remember I put on, um, I, I absolutely hammered him on a, on a mm. tweet. He didn't get that, a lot of support there. He's come to Everton and he's just kind of like f- stumbling into it, trying to happen, mm. seeing playing in games. It's not happening for him. For it to happen for him at PSG like this with top players, it's a fucking lovely thing to see. Yeah. And you know it, what? I, I imagine that Carlo Ancelotti, the way that he strikes me, would probably have had that conversation with him and said, listen, do you want to go to PSG? I think you'll have loads of fun there. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet you Carlo wanted to keep him because I think Carlo Ancelotti really believes in him as a player. Mm. But Carlo Ancelotti strikes me as kind of similar to Arsene in a way that I think he, he'd be like, I want to keep you, but I know that you might be happier there. Sometimes it happens like that. Just a good move. And I think yeah. that he'll, I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't keep him on a permanent. They should, they should try and keep him. Yeah. I, I, I can't see him wanting to come back. Moving with the man then. Oof. You know, walking, but... You know what I mean? Once once everything opens up, he's going to be bouncing into places with like Mbappe and Neymar, just like dripping. Oh. Jeez, man, man, it's like a film.
This episode is brought to you by the Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid is designed for the ultimate safety test, climate change. While driving in pure mode produces zero tailpipe emissions outside, its available advanced air cleaner helps optimize the air inside. The car you trust to protect your family now helps protect their future. The Volvo XC90 Recharge Plug-in Hybrid. For everyone's safety. Learn more at volvocars.com US. This episode is brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. If you vape, you could be inhaling toxic metals into your lungs. To make you feel how scary that is, we could have gone to town with some real scary music thrown in some zombie sound effects or some blood-curdling screaming and over-the-top shrieking. You get the point. But nothing is as scary as the facts. Vaping can deliver toxic metals like nickel and lead in your lungs. That's metal. In your lungs. Read up about the dangers of vaping on therealcost.gov. Right, I've got to say, the Musa tweet. Uh, <laughs> and off of the Musa tweet, I'm going to give... Um, handed in my notice. <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know what I mean? The, 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 the actual the, the WhatsApp group went crazy for about 10 minutes. What's happened to Rai? Rai's going, Rai's leaving. Rai, why? And then we realised. And then when, like myself and Jeanette, when we saw what Musa was doing, we thought to ourselves, yes, we understand exactly what Musa was doing and it wasn't something done. Um, let's face it, you know, I mean, to people get the wrong end of the stick it was it was like i think it's a massive compliment to bukayo saka yeah, I mean, massive we, compliment. we clarify for people who wonder what yeah we need to clarify yeah. musa hasn't actually musa's not done anything particularly bad musa is obsessed with bayern munich picking um, up young <laughs> english based wingers for example so yeah. and i actually agree with him i think callum hudson adoy would have been a really like moving to bayern for him i think would have been a great move I think mm. at the time he posted a tweet saying Bayern Munich watching Bakayo Saka play with and um, it was Jack Nicholson. The Jack Nicholson nodding, yes, yes, gif. I responded to him saying, "We need to have a talk." <laughs> <laughs> Even your face then went really serious. We need I to have a talk about, now. It's too, it's, too, it's too soon. It's too soon, right? It is. It, like he said on Stadio on Monday, he'd forgotten about Serge Gnabry, so he'd forgotten that there was a very recent. There's I mean, it was kind of indirect because what Serge went to Hoffenheim first, then went to Werder Bremen, then yeah, Serge, but and then it's an open wound it. because he's yeah. doing so well. Musa then deleted the tweet and actually wrote another tweet saying, "That's the first time I've ever deleted a football hot take out of genuine he should never guilt." Have. He should never have. I was just like, "Oh man!" So on the recording that yeah. got lost, Jeanette was like, "Oh, I got the receipts." Don't worry. <laughs> but Shout the thing about Quashe, it is, by the way, Jeanette Quashe, man, the sister. You know, the thing with it is, is that I, he shouldn't have taken it down because it wasn't, it wasn't something that you can't look at, Ryan, and not feel like, yeah, of course they would be. Why wouldn't they be? You can't unsee that. You can't unsee it, right? So Actually, you might do as you well know what? Sorry, it. just mentioning Jeanette quickly. Sure. Do you know what Musa was doing? Musa was Go moving on. a bit meow. Oh, he's a bit meow. He's he a was bit, getting a bit meow, right? He was a bit meow. Meow, so longer. But when you're talking about our <clears throat> generational talent, he is... A generational talent. What he's doing right now, Ryan, um, holding up the club and everything, what he's doing, mm-hmm. his form. And like people talk about Serge Gnabry, but remember, Serge wasn't doing what Mikayo is doing at this particular time. Serge, obviously, you know, with the famous Tony Pulis, West Brom. 
Mm. You know, and all that. So Serge has gone on and he's now flourishing. He is magnificent to watch. But the reason why I think that the fans got so angry, instead of being a little bit more like understanding and knowing that, we've just signed him for a long time. He's there for the, he's there for a while. Chill out, man. Fuck, chill out. The fact is, is that he's still working on his game and he is a generational talent simply because of what he is capable of doing right now. You can see him actively getting better. This is his flowers, by the way. This is Bukayo Saka's flowers. And the way he played the other day, and you know what was really noticeable the other day, Ryan, and how he's playing? I know that Mikel's saying, yes, I could have used him on the left, but I know that on the right, he definitely gives more. That man has to be played in a in a offensive role for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. He has to, especially now we've got Odegaard and, and, and Emil Smith-Rowe. You know, he should be where he can do his most damage. And at the moment, it's from the right. And what was noticeable now, right, is it's what normally happens to experienced players who you know what they're capable of. Like when Aubameyang gets the ball on the left, cuts inside, no one's going over there. No one's going over to close that space to bring another defender in the way. Mm-hmm. And you notice that when Bakayo Saka went through and um, he had the penalty shout, exactly the same respect he got shown. And that is when you know that somebody has now gone to another level because they're saying, right, he's in his place. This is it yeah. now. Don't crowd him now. Leave him. So you can see that Mikel has probably said, when Bakayo gets the ball here, when, Buc- when Saka gets the ball here, stay away from him. Don't bring any defense because he's going to beat them. He's taking on, he'll get the ball and go through two players. You know, working on his right foot, working on his upper body strength. You know, I, 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 I'm so excited about him. And, oh, me and too. I know he's another one, like I was talking about Pedro earlier, he's another mm, one of my younger brothers. He's one of those guys that I, I genuinely take a real umbrage to anybody fouling him. Yeah, if, anyone and, goes, you know, if anyone goes near him, I swear. God, honestly, man. like the way Alioski, because obviously Pepe's not playing in that game and I'm seeing light with Pepe, but like now Saka's emerged on that right-hand side. And when we saw what Alioski was trying to do to him in this game, he was trying to, he was kicking him over all over the place. He respect, was kicking man. him. That's respect. Yeah. And, the thing, and the thing that I like about Bukayo Saka is that he's so fearless. Man. Yeah. And the thing that I really loved, and it was something that we kind of were mentioning on the, uh, the lost tapes of Tuesday. <laughs> the lost tapes. <laughs> we're going to have to go into that about the, can <laughs> the, you the, remember what we said on the lost tapes. That three behind Ober. <sighs> was so exciting on the weekend. And I know just for, yeah. um, we actually said that obviously there was, um, you guys did a big breakdown of Arsenal, Leeds and West Brom and United, which obviously because of the Champions League feels a little bit too far away now. Yeah. So yeah. apologies because of that. But, um, but yeah, so we won't go too deep into the actual tactical side of it, but looking ahead to the Man, Man City yes, game. Yes, Man City game, yeah. That has given Arteta something to think about. And I think in a good way because... Mm-hmm. That first half was probably the most fun creatively I've yeah. seen Arsenal this season. Can I say something just quickly before you carry on right with that? Because I thought that Wolves, the first half of Wolves, without the same ruthlessness in front of goal, was for me was just as exciting. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And it got tarnished by that half by the David Luiz. It Louise literally thing, yeah. got tarnished, and it's like it's just been like expelled to like history now. But mm. Up until David Luiz kind of commits himself on the halfway line and he tries to catch up, we know what's happened. That was as good a half as football from Arsenal I've seen for a long time. And this one against Leeds, like you say, we're not going to go deep into it. We don't need to. It was 
just as good, but ruthless. Yeah. Really put them to the sword. It reminded me a little bit of, of Messi at Barca, if I'm being mm. brutally honest, because Messi, I think, I know we've talked about Barca a lot, but he really loves like Dembele, Ricky Pooch, yeah. He just Pedri, loves, you can see the way he hunts them. Fatty, with, yeah. Like he loves those kids. And I think that Oba loves, loves these guys. Yeah, but the thing is, I was, li- I was re- listening to Andrew and the guys on the Arscast. Fantastic. Everybody knows Arscast. Mm. And James is talking about Pepe and he feels like Pepe maybe is unlucky not to be in at the minute. But what he was saying was how excited he was about what is kind of happening. Without us like getting out of our tree a bit about what's going on, I can't blame any Arsenal fan for being excited about what we've seen with them three. Especially no. if they do keep Odegaard. If I was Arsenal, I would, I would do my absolute maximum to try and sign him permanently because we Real Madrid need cash as well they, and you can't see a route to him for the first team. Exactly. Or for in him the, to the first team imminently in Real Madrid. So you've got Aubameyang who we're talking about an elite striker. It's, yeah. no, it's, it's no coincidence that he's got these three creative players behind him now when he didn't before, when, before Emil Smith-Rowe got in there. He only had, back, he only had Bakayo Saka. Who was usually on the other have, side of the pitch. He's usually on the other side. Was, yeah, on the other side of the pitch with him. So we're talking about somebody who needed this. He yeah. needed these guys to do what we saw him do against Leeds because he could have scored five goals at the bar, mm. you know, done what he'd done. So I was always in his corner in respects of, well, no, people saying, oh, yeah, the basic answer, oh, he's not getting service. He fucking wasn't. The reason why we've signed Aubameyang for that kind of contract is for what he can do in front of the goal. Now he's got three guys behind him. And I know it's a bit early with, uh, with Odegaard, but like what I've seen and just the composure that guy's got, mm. it's how beautiful he plays the game. Mm. Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, you know, some, I still, pe- people are quite happy with Partey and Xhaka. And he's, he's really, he's upticked without a shadow of a doubt in the way he's played. And with Partey, he looks magnificent. And then obviously we need to sort out the, the central pairing, but I'm starting to feel really confident about what we might be able to do. And this test coming up against Manchester City is going to be interesting, Ryan, simply because I want to see how he approaches it. Because you can't approach it like Leeds, obviously. There's part of me that wonders whether he might just completely abandon the idea of containing him. And just, and just go, go for him. himself. And just go at him. You know? Because I think that they will find opportunities if you sit back against them. They'll yeah. just pass yeah. and pass and They'll pass just continue. I mean, it'll be interesting to see because I don't think because I don't think Gunnar's going to be fit for it, so that is a massive, massive, massive blow for them. I think Louise and Gabriel should start at the back because, for whatever, we need to get the ball through that midfield to them three. Mm. Now it doesn't make sense to me that we're going to have them three, and then play in a, a system that we're not going to get them to get on the ball to then get the ball to Oba because we've seen. Over can cause some problems, even though City at the moment are brilliant defensively. If we're not going to try and get the ball through Ceballos and whoever's going to, Xhaka, whoever's going to be, into the older guards, Saka and Emma Smith-Rowe to then start working their magic in that area where we need them working, I can't understand what else he's going to do apart from wait for them to come and beat us up. And we're not good at that. We can't do this waiting for them to come and beat us up. We're not good at that. If they keep that front six of... Jacker, Ceballos, Emil Smithrow, Odegaard, Saka, Saka, and then Oba. 
Mm. I think that will cause City some problems in midfield. Yeah, but we're going to have to get the ball off of them, right? Yeah, but you will get the ball off of them, I think. And you will have the ball at some point. And I think that the thing that is quite good about that lineup is, especially that front four, is that it's absolutely rapid as well. Mm. That gives Arsenal a good balance between being able to play with the ball if they need to or mm. being able to hit on the counter quite quickly because Ceballos yeah. and Odegaard had a really good link-up against Leeds. Yeah. Beautiful, the way, like, the way Ceballos came through from deep, kind of like a Suchet kind of vibe, but all yeah. of a sudden he's a pivot, then you see him in the, in the box. Yeah, and that's, and that's basically kind of the model that City have been using a lot this season. And it's not a game that Arsenal are expected to win. No, and I think that that's what we should do as a fan base, um, right? We should say, whatever we can... Listen, I'm not going there with like, please, sir, can I have some more Oliver Twist bollocks? But mm. what I'm saying is, is that we should go there and take what we get in respects of positivity for, for those players. Mm-hmm. Saka playing against them, Odegaard playing against them, Emil Smith-Rowe playing against them, and impressing upon them their game. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, right, you come out of a game like that, and then you put, whoever you're playing next week is not going to be City. All of a sudden, you feel like, yeah, I know the level I need to be. City is the, is the place where you find your level and say, now that's where I'm playing every week. Because when I play against City, if I'm not doing this, when we play against them, we're fucked. Mm. I think it's good for them that it's at home as well, especially after yeah. playing in the Europa League on Thursday. And like I said, with any football, I think it's, it's hard to predict stuff. But what Man City are on this record-breaking run of wins in all competitions for an English side. Mm. So, I mean, it's got to come to an end one day, though. You know, if we could do that, it would be magnificent a magnificent feather in the cap because that's all it would be it's the first it's not I, don't, I never thought I'd say this but Arsenal really need to channel their inner Schalke hey. <laughs> their inner Schalke <laughs> and do the, how is Schalke doing now though how are they doing uh, now they're going down but I mean so, um, you know they were they were about in the game that if they hadn't won they would have equaled the all time Bundesliga winless mm. streak set by Tasmania Berlin they beat mm. Hoffenheim 4-0. Because this is the way the Premier League works as well in this crazy time. Manchester City are like, when Star Wars starts, it just comes over the top. <laughs> I, remember when I, was, I remember when I was in the cinema, the first time that happened, right? Yeah. The first, when Star Wars started and you're sitting in there, the writing goes away. The shit, it just comes over the top of the camera into space. And it was going on forever. That is what Manchester City are like at the moment, right? And like, in this time, if Arsenal beat Manchester City, people say, well, of course that can happen. Of course we can beat them. Why should we go into the game feeling any differently? Manchester City have got to come and impress upon us their game. Good luck to them, because they will do that. But no, man, we're the rebellion, man. We've got to take the Death Star on. Have you got a prediction? I hate predictions, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah. Probably about 3-1 to City after all that Star Wars talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to convince myself. <laughs> Do you know what? That would be like Poe doing the big talk and stuff in the final movie, being like, this is this, and it's just like, everyone's like, do you think we could do it? And him being like, nah, probably not actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, free one City, Jesus. But I, hopefully I've rallied our fans up with that little bit. I'm going to say 5-1 Arsenal. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, go like, yeah. Because I can say, the, th- the great thing about doing this, right, his house, is that all anyone's interested in is what you say. 
So I could come out with some like next level shit and no. no headlines. Being serious for a sec, I would be more surprised by a non-Manchester City victory, put it that way. But yeah. just never know. Quickly before we get out of here, right? I want to clear something up about the waving. People were asking me about the waving and stuff because when I used to play, when you're warming up, you're intense. When you're doing it, you're intense. But like, there's always kids, right, right, what are waving at you. Mm. And people, you know what I mean? It's something that I try to notice and I always wave back because they remember it forever, right? Is this in the FA? Uh, is this the Mark Noble thing? Yeah, the Mark Noble. Because I started doing it and like, there's only two people who've waved back so far and it's Sadio Mane waved up at me and Mark Noble. Why I do it is, obviously there's no fans there, so the players are not seeing what they normally see. Mm. But all it brought back to me was knowing that the kids are there and as they're walking past, kids are just waving. And all you need to do is wave back and they remember that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Look at me, I'm a grown man. I'm up there waving. And the thing is, it's just something I just started doing as they're walking off. And they wave back. I absolutely adore Mark. I adored him before and I absolutely adore Mark Noble. But even now, people are still saying to me, right, did they wave, Mark Noble wave back? I said, yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? That is what the kids feel. Yeah. That's what it's about. The thing I really loved about that video was just, it was like, you're in a position where you can go to games, but millions of fans aren't. Yeah. And that sucks. Honestly. You have an opportunity there to create a bit of joy mm. from a moment that isn't particularly joyful. No. And I saw Kelly Summers' Instagram video as well, mm. where she was just like, oh, it's like, she was doing a live comms. Yes. Like, no, no one's waving at righty. Is anyone going to wave at righty? Yeah. <laughs> This is the thing, like actually seeing you waving and it being on the TV and then seeing Kelly's like video from it actually afterwards, it was just like, this is so funny, man. It's just, you know something, I, I just can't tell you how much I miss the fans. Yeah, me I too, literally man. can't tell you how much. People ask me, oh, well, do you think you could play like in this? No, I would not be able to play in the oh. same way I played without the fans because it was about the fans for me. Yeah. All about the fans. And football in its, in its um, current form, it's not complete. If football could say something, when the fans come back, the football would say, you complete me. Oh, right. That's so, that's so poignant. I don't know where it came from, bro. Lovely. Nice one, man. Nice one, bro. Listen, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Ryan Hun. Everybody, please just stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Smile as much as you can. Have a good week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>